and welcome to Funny Business, the podcast for free thinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. On today's podcast, we have Chi Ryan. What an absolute gem, Rob. Uh, another great chat. Right off the bat, we get straight into it. Um, it's been an interesting journey for Chi uh, this past, I suppose, year or so. And she gives us a lowdown on sort of what's been happening in her world. Um, I don't want to, you know, reveal any spoilers now. Um, I'll let you probably just sink in and, and, and have a listen and let us know what you think. We, uh, we, we go down a few rabbit holes too and talk about some interesting... T- Ancient Egypt comes up, talk about some pyramids. Uh, we get to hear Chi's journey and some of the challenges she's trying to overcome in, in, in her world at the moment. And uh, I found this chat really, really interesting and engaging. So I hope everyone enjoys. Uh, let us know what you think. Probably it is important that I do start a little bit at where at where things ended up with COVID because I probably had a bit of a different COVID than everybody than maybe some other people have had um, because my COVID is not the 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 normal story of COVID. My my COVID has not been um, uh, Zoom calls and um, and uh, and hating lockdown. Um, or at least not for the obvious reasons, because um, through COVID, I kind of missed COVID. I kind of missed COVID. Um, through COVID, I've been really sick. Um, I, um, I, I've, I've been, I've had some, a chronic illness through COVID. Um, so I've, I've had, uh, I, ha- I, I get chronic migraines and, um, and, and for, Nearly the last year, um, I've been hit really hard with them, um, and um, and and like you know, most people don't. I guess when people think of migraines, um, a lot of people think, "Oh, really bad headache." Um, this is not really like a headache that sort of you know puts you in a dark room for two days. No, no, these are um, intense uh, headaches that last. Um, well, the last, the last really bad one that I had lasted 34 days. Um, so these are yeah, 34 days. So these are, these are something just beyond like what, what is imaginable. And, and, um, you know, I never, I never really understood. I I haven't had these for that long. Like, you know, it's, it's, I've had migraines for about the last four years, but they run in my family and, and I've, my my mum had them, and my great granddad had them, and um, there's no real there's no real reason for them. Um, I had an aunt who also passed away from a um, a brain aneurysm, so you know there's some some sort of family history um, of of these types of things. Like I've had lots of tests to make sure that, and I get regular tests every year to make sure that there's um, there's no issue. Um, with my brain, it's okay, but um, but for whatever reason, um, and there's lots of stress factors that that are related to it. Um, for whatever reason, um, at at the end of last year, I had a really big flare up that that put me in hospital quite a few times, and and I've had to take some very strange medications that you wouldn't you wouldn't imagine are for for treating this kind of problem, but. Um, um, because there actually haven't been any medications for migraines developed in probably the last 20 years, which is pretty crazy. 
even though it's one of it's there's millions of people that suffer from migraines um but but it's a it's a debilitating um um disease i guess and and it's it's really um changed my life for sure over the last year um um and definitely definitely has um affected the way that i was living um in a way that i never imagined and so as a result of that um yeah i've i've, I've had to deal with learning how to to live a completely different life um and dealing with not only migraines but chronic pain and chronic fatigue um and so over COVID, um, instead of trying to figure out um, uh, uh, dealing with what it's like to live with lockdowns and, and working around that, um, I've been trying to deal with, with um, how to learn to, to live my life again um, and what that means for my, for my career and, and, you know, my job and for what I do as a designer um you know and and how to to find treatments that would work um because it's affected my vision really badly um at the moment i'm still I'm, i still can't um see properly i'm i'm on a medication that affects my vision really badly and i've also had um, pretty bad um anxiety and depression as a result of all of these things as well so um so trying to deal with all of these things has really um, kind of um, made me, I don't know, made me really uh, separated from COVID in a lot of ways. But it's also made me think a lot about the world for people with, um, with chronic illnesses and, um, and, and design as well, I guess, because, you know, you sort of hear about, the way that the world is is designed or not designed for people with with illnesses and and um, and and that it's really not not well designed for people who have things that um, make it hard for them to live in a world that's made for people with um, with with you know who are normal who are who are able bodied or um, who don't have things wrong with them. And when you're suddenly thrust into that world, um, you realise just how poorly things are designed. Um, and so that's the that's the world that I've kind of um, I've had to learn to live with. And so that that's my my um, my experience with with the the COVID world. And I guess during that time, um, it's made me a lot more isolated. And um, it's made me, um, you know, really have to take a look at who I am and what I do and, um, you know, what makes me happy, um, you know, what I can do and what I can't, what I can't do anymore, or what am I going to be able to do in the future? Um, you know, what happens if I can't change, um, you know, with treatment and with, with, with medication? Um, you know, how can I get better? What types of, of alternative treatments can I use to help me to, to improve what works, what doesn't, you know, um, uh, what types of treatments are out there that help, that don't help. Um, and so that's sort of what I've had to do over the past um, sort of six months, I guess. 
Um, and, um, and yeah, so it's, it's really made me have to step back and take a look at, you know, the way that I lived my life and, and, and try to understand, um, what life is going to be like after this. Um, and also, you know, looking at what is happening, um, with COVID, um, and seeing all of my friends and people around me changing the way that they're working and moving to a place of, um, of, of working style that is very much the way that I used to work, uh, I guess, um, you know, previous to, to me being sick, you know, I was super high flying. Like I, I was, you know, traveling. Like I lived and worked all over the world. I was traveling all the time for work, speaking at conferences all over the place. You know, and listening to to Tim. You know, he's he was talking about traveling here and there and everywhere, and, and you know, like living this very you know intense lifestyle. Um, you know of of just go 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 um you know non-stop busyness um and now i'm seeing people who weren't really living that kind of lifestyle before people who were living a nine to five um monday to friday lifestyle um now working um you know a much more fluid work life um, uh, situation where there is really no balance between um, work and life anymore that that's that just becomes really fluid they're doing you know working on a Saturday night um, you know the work just becomes something that they're doing you know at any time um, you know and and it sort of makes me wonder um, you know like I said, a big part of, of, of I think what's happened to me um, uh, has been as a result of putting far too much pressure on, on you know, my body and, and, um, and my mind. Um, and, and I kind of wonder if, you know, going forward, we're talking about, you know, this, this epidemic that is around us, uh, you know, uh, 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 this you know COVID, this sickness that is a is is um, a tra a traditional illness or not? Well, I don't want to say traditional illness, but a novel illness. But you know, I kind of wonder if if, an, if a new type of of epidemic that we're going to see is a different type of epidemic. You know, and we already have a, a tidal wave of mental illness that's that's upon us, but. I, I sort of wonder if the next type of, 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 of illness is going to be a type of knowledge epidemic where people are just so overloaded. And I think Tim touched on this in his, in his podcast with you guys about, you know, he's talking about social modelling and, 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 you know, um, I totally agree with what he was saying that, that there's this, there's this, there's this point that you get to where you're overthinking so much and this, this desire to gain so much knowledge and you're cramming so much in there that it, knowledge becomes this kind of form of sickness that you're, you're just overloading yourself that you can't, you just can't fit more in. 
we're kind of social creatures. I don't know if we're meant to know all this stuff and hold it all in there. You just don't have room for it all. Um, so I kind of wonder if, if, if there's going to be this, this, this epidemic of, of, of sort of like just knowledge overload where we just don't have the room for all of that in our heads and we're so busy and we're so full of stuff that people are just going to like overload and not be able to hold it in anymore. And certainly from my own experience of, of going through this, like the number one thing, and, and it's funny because, because Tim mentioned it too, like, you know, the number one thing that, um, that for me has, has helped me is rest. Not just sleep, but rest, like learning how to do nothing. Like, um, and it's taken me months and months and months. And I still struggle with it. It's still really, really hard just to learn to do nothing. Like, it's so hard. It's, it's so hard, like, yeah. to really just be able to just sit and, like, not even, like, pick up. A, you know a book or like not touch your phone or you know so please at the end of this podcast don't ask me for my socials because I don't have an Instagram I don't have Facebook I don't have TikTok the only place that you can get me is on LinkedIn um, you know I don't do that stuff you can have my dog's Instagram if you like <laughs> <laughs> but you can see him eat a cake sometimes mm. and and maybe do it like do some silly stuff but that's that's really it like i really i really think that you know we have to what we really need to be doing is like undoing some of this mess that we're creating for ourselves because we're just we're just increasing the 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 the, the overload um, that that we're putting on ourselves, and and we we need to we need to actually do less of that. Um, 100%. The the 100%. more that we can, the more that we can um, take off our shoulders, the the the, the healthier we'll be. I feel like we're living in it at the moment. Like we're we're slowly. I feel like we're in it, and we're slowly trying to dissect exactly what you're saying. Like we're learning so much. Obviously, doing. <laughs> like how many do we record a week sometimes three or four podcasts a week and it's like holy shit we speak to all these cool amazing people but it's just like information overload like bang 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 it's like we've been shot in the face every day you know what i mean it's like it's great like i love being in it but is it really getting absorbed as much as we want probably not and it's like you said you need to learn to just i'm having tr trouble just trying to watch like the bachelor you know what i mean like i can't i'm thinking about other stuff i'm just i can't zone out well, I wouldn't know because my mind's never there, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about other things and I'm like, I can't switch it off, you know, and it's like, I don't find movies funny anymore. Like <laughs> everything sucks now, you know, <laughs> it's a weird thing. I don't know. It feels it's real. But the whole world's designed like after speaking specifically on Tim's episode when you're like, he was great talking about because it's the social dilemma and all these apps that people are addicted to that are literally built just to steal people's attention and like get you there to hook you in to say, focus on this but then it's like we we're having a chat this morning um <clears throat> to an episode we released a couple of weeks around he, he's the founder of a mental health app and he's talking about um how pretty much we're saying that the technology's increased at such a rate that the human brain hasn't adapted to allow 
to absorb the rate that we have. So we've got so yeah. many inputs that come at us all day, every day, from the, whether it's notifications. More, we know more in a day than what our grandparents knew in a year or something like that. What, in a lifetime. Like yeah, the amount of information that we can get and is readily accessed in our brains. Like yeah. that, that, that's happened at such a speed that I feel like we were talking about it today is that our generation that Locke and, and, and Locke and I at our age is we grew up just before computers and things were a real thing. So we had, a, a, so I guess best of both worlds, anyone that was born after us is technology native and they're pretty much fucked. Yeah. You know, their brains are going to be cooked. Yeah. Too much. What are you going to like? Seriously. I'd love to get your thoughts on like the whole information overload. Look, me personally, um, you know, one of the one of one of my biggest problems is that like I've generally I'm I'm I can gen, genuinely say with all honesty that I've cooked myself. Like, um, you know, one of the one of the issues that I've had over the past six months is um, my my cognitive function has been impaired because um, I've like literally for a while there I was having problems stringing sentences together like um I just couldn't I couldn't put I just couldn't figure out what words to put together um it, you know and and it, it, it's sad like it's you know I was I, I would cry because I couldn't figure out how to how I, I could think of what I wanted to say but I couldn't I couldn't put words together and to be honest like you know if 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 anybody that knows me listens to this um you know if they wonder why i stopped posting on linkedin or um you know because i used to be pretty you know i used to post a lot on linkedin or i stopped talking at at, at um at, you know speaking at conferences that's why because i couldn't you know i just i physically couldn't um you know there was times where i just couldn't get out of bed and like um you know it got to the, it got to the point where um i was finding it hard to i mean even now i find it hard to um i get overwhelmed if i watch like i can't watch the news um i mean there's there's multiple reasons why i can't watch the news uh <laughs> and this is the rabbit hole um you know, there's there's multiple reasons why I can't watch the news because, um, you know, because I think that that, um, you know, because of you know various different media outlets and who owns those outlets, yeah. obviously, um, you know, there's <laughs> there's different reasons why it's difficult to watch the news and where the news comes from. Um, so it's it's, it's difficult. Know who owns the news. Yes, everybody <laughs> should be careful of of who you know. Um, it's like I say to my mum who likes to watch the project, do you know who owns the project and, and what the project really is? And you know that it's, you know, like mum's, mum's a staunch labour supporter and I'm like, mum, you know that, that the project is a, a liberal puppetry show and, and mum's like, I don't understand what you mean. And I'm like, mum, come on. Like you know that that's not it's 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 a it's a it's a liberal back show, and and she just doesn't get it. But I think she's starting to get it now. Um, so you got to be careful where, where you're getting your news from. Um, so I find it very hard to watch um, 
to watch news. But like, for example, um, the social dilemma, I find it like I, I could, I just couldn't watch it. Um, like I watched, um, I had, I've got some notes here. Uh, like, so um, I watched uh, uh, the new David Attenborough. Um, oh, I watched that too. Oh, he A Life on Our Planet. Um, Scared me a little bit though. It made me sad. Mm. Very, very difficult to watch. Um, you know, and it's, and it's very difficult to when you've just got this, this absolute circus with the um, US elections going on. And then you, then you watch that and it's like, this is what we need to be focused on. Yet we've just got this absolute circus of, 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 of a political show going on that seems to be where all the focus is and just the amount of money that's being poured into that when we really need to be focused on the environment. You know, our, our, our priorities are just upside down. But, um, you know, I think, and I think this is, again, you know, um, where, where Tim was just so right, you know, where the, where the focus is, is where the money goes, you know. So if we don't, if we don't focus on the right things, the money's just not going to go there, but, you know, so we've got, we've really got to do something about that. So I, I you know, I, me personally, um, I, I find it so difficult um, to, to not be affected by those things. And ultimately what happens is for me, I, um, you know, like I said, knowledge is, is a kind, it's kind of a sickness. Um, you, I get into this spiral where if I start thinking about one problem, um, and, and this is the designer in me because mm. design for me is like a lens, right? It's a lens that covers everything. It's not design for me is not just, um, you know, making something pretty. It's ev everything is, is design, you know, whether it's, it doesn't matter if it's, it's, you know, your phone or a chair or a house or, um, you know, the system that sits behind a bank or it, design is everywhere. Everything. Thing that you touch in this world that is made that is that doesn't come out of the earth is designed whether you like it or not it is designed right so so everything for me is designed and um, I get into a spiral so if I watch a, a documentary a news story whatever it is as soon as as soon as I watch it I'm putting a spin on it of design and I'm thinking about what's wrong with the situation and so immediately I'm thinking about what what's wrong and then I'm going into that spiral of how to fix it how to fix it how to fix it and it doesn't matter how big the problem is I'm going down that that funnel of of where to fix it and that it ultimately is a huge is a huge issue for me because I can't, I can't, I can't, no, you know, I can, how can any one person do that? So it's, um, it, it's, it's incredibly difficult because if I'm listening into, I can't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, Professor Xavier, I can't be listening into every single problem in the universe and be like, I can fix it all. No, <laughs> I can't do it. So, so, you know, um, the best thing for me is to, to, to oftentimes to tune out, um, of a lot of things and just tune into the things that I can 
make a difference in. And at the moment, I'm still practicing just zoning out of a lot of things because it's not something that I can really zone into just yet. But um, but I'm working on it. Oh, seriously, the news and the world, and like when you start looking at everything that's going on in the world at the moment, it's a pretty scary place. Like the news is anxiety ridden. Like well, growing up, we didn't. I didn't feel that yeah, sort of. It feels like oh, I don't know. There's so much. There's so much shit going on. It feels a bit like it's 1984, George Orwell. You know, like I'm not a conspiracy theorist nut, but like oh. there's plenty going on. You know, something. There's too much going on in the world to not feel like I'm just an insignificant little ant, one of however many billion <laughs> people are on the world. You know, <laughs> yeah. controlled by whoever that all these all the money's going to such a small amount of people that are getting more influence and power. It's like. What's going on? What experience is my life? Yeah, what experience is my life? Yeah. You know, what can I achieve? What period of time? Where do I? (laughs) I'm a piece of shit. Really, I look back at, like, you look back and go, like, we were talking to Nigel Dalton and he was going back 250, 500,000 years and we're going, we are nothing in terms of time and the universe and life. And we're just so grateful, I suppose, like, that we've got to live this experience. But what's money? You know what I mean? Like, what's all this stuff that we've created and, it's just crazy. It's like a certain set of anxieties that we have as Westerners that probably, you know, other people in other countries don't have. It's just a weird thing that what we've created. And it's not, it doesn't feel like it's a great place to live nah. at the moment. And nah. it's not doing good things to the environment. The world's, we're blowing up the place where we live and there's drama everywhere. People aren't getting along. There's too much going on. News is scary. You know, it's funny because I think that there's, a there's a there's a really interesting um german philosopher named um martin heidegger um and and he's he's kind of he's he's kind of a bit of a weirdo um but uh he's he's definitely worth a look at um and uh he look he and like I, and I, I certainly don't want people to to take things the wrong way. So I'll preface it with that he was, he did support the Nazis for a little while, but then he saw the error of his ways and then he was like, no, no, that's a bad thing. I don't support them. Um, so he came around. Um, so he's a bit of a whack job, but um, he did he did have some really interesting philosophies about um, remembering to be human. Um, and I think that's something that, we kind of get caught up in a little bit um, too frequently where we're so caught up in what's going on. Like, you know, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. We've got to do all these things in the doing of life. Like, you know, I've got to be here and I've got to go and do this. I've got to get my car. I've got to like, you know, make dinner and pick up the kids and do my job and get paid and whatever. You just, forget to be be just be just be and you know that's the thing I was saying before about like learning to just do nothing like just doing nothing is like real real difficult um you know and and like I mean one of the things that I've been I've been doing a lot is I, I try to meditate it's really not very easy um you know like uh it and and i think there's lots of different ways to meditate like you know some people are you know into like real culty sort of 
meditative stuff. Um, mm. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I have I have a few I have a few podcasts that I listen to that are quite like I think there's lots of ways that you can get into a meditative state. Like um uh I have um yeah, I have a couple of podcasts that I listen to at bedtime. Um, uh, one that is called, that I'll give a plug here, that is definitely, I would definitely suggest that you give a listen to because it's kind of weird and and, uh, and funny. Um, where is it? Get weird Sleepy. Weird is like, Get Sleepy. Um, it's like bedtime stories for grown-ups. I like that. It's, it's um, and there, there's this guy on it who's the main host. His name's Tom, and he has this English accent. And he's sort of—it's not really ASMR. He's just got this really cool English accent, and it's really nice when he tells you about like ponies running through the fields. It's very weird. And there's also this other guy uh, who has one that's called Let's Find Out, and he does more ASMR stuff. Um, and uh. He also does some really weird, like, whispery bedtime stories, which is kind of funny. Um, so, you know, I think there's different ways that you can kind of get into meditative states that don't have to be like, um, you know, I'm not really into that. Yeah, we were stuff, talking but... active meditation, where it's like you, when you're doing something like cooking or if you're going for a walk or something, like, you can still suit your brain off and unplug by doing a different activity that pulls you away from your work. You don't have to sit there cross-legged with the fingers. Well, in the that's what people think. Like you're charging your crystals, you're looking at the sun, you're at the edge of the cliff. And if that works for you, that's great. It's a good picture. But you know what I mean? But <laughs> what, can you, what can you embed in your part of your daily routine yeah. or your routine that you need to put your brain in the right place? Ooh. You like that? Yeah, I did like that. Thank you. Yeah. I've been gardening. Gardening, yeah, there you go, yeah. I like that. What are you gardening? What are you what are you gardening? What, what, are, you gar- what are you growing? Question. What are you growing? I'll get another beer. I've been I've been making uh, a um, sensory garden for my dogs. Cool. What's the, what's uh, in that? I've got well, so I've got two bulldogs and um, I decided to make a uh, a sensory garden um, so that they could they could sniff and um, chew and taste and um, think. So have plants that they could, uh, they could, um, you know, that would that wouldn't hurt them. That they could play with, I guess. Um, so it's got um, different herbs and and teas. Um, it's got let's see, uh, a few different mints, lemon balm, oregano. Mm-hmm. I love um, oregano. What? Oregano. Yeah. Love Isn't it, it. Ar- oregano? Oregano, oregano, oregano. Whatever. What is it? What is Whatever. it? Who cares? Stuff. <laughs> um, dogs are friendly. Uh, what else is there? Uh, rosemary. Uh, lavender, which technically is slightly poisonous to dogs, but they can have a little bit. Um, cat meat. Uh, cat grass. Um, These guys just go to town in the garden. They just get out there and just yeah. They like well, one of them she really loves it. She she's broken two pots. She's knocked like she just rips the plants out. She just like loves it. 
And it's going crazy. I had to like cut the mint back the other day and I had a pile of mint that was massive. So I made two big jugs of mint tea. Because like there was I've so got much. heaps of mint out the side of his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back at the moment. It's it's ready, minty, for some, ready for some cocktails, I reckon. Oh, it's ready for some cocktails. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mint. <laughs> Special mint that you can put in any type of cookie, any type of tea, any type of whatever you want to do. Cool. Cool, baby. You should see him. When he's out there in the backyard with his little microgreens, he's, I reckon he's looping in his head the David Attenborough narration, like, oh, these babies are coming up. And I've been you doing do some get, gardening you too. Get very, you're have, very happy. All the snails have been into my garden lately. And I've, say, yeah, and I've been feeling like my house has just got full of snails. Oh, he's got a snail oh. farm like out the back. Like it's just, it's I don't crazy. know why they all, they love the garden. It's so healthy, but we planted all these sunflowers and I was pretty happy with my, my pattern. I'd done all these things, these little compostable, uh, what I called the planters. Anyway, I planted them all around and they just started popping. So all the sunflowers were popping out and I'm going, I, I'm all right here. I'm pretty happy. This pretty, is life. I'm pretty, this yeah. is life. Look, let, look at me. Look at me. Oh. Make it grow. <laughs> and these bloody snails at them, they ate my capsicums. They ate my chilies. <laughs> They've gone through my tomatoes. I don't know how to get, I don't really know how to get rid of them. Stacker, I can't put I stuff in the garden because the dog will eat it and you can't poison it. But, and now I feel guilty if I still walk outside and step on them, but they're, they're ruining me, you know? <laughs> yeah. They don't care about me or my feelings. Vinegar? <laughs> Pardon, sorry? Have vinegar? What do you mean? Tip it all over the garden? Spray it with a spray bottle? Well, there's no... They actually ate... I had like 10 <laughs> sunflower seeds that had popped in the garden. They were growing. Not one left. So I've got another batch going. I'm trying to pop the seeds at the moment. But seriously... What do you do? Uh, vinegar. I'm trying to relax. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, fill a spray bottle with vinegar and just spray it over the plants because that shouldn't hurt the plants. And that's it. So that's as easy. He as obviously that. hasn't been Googling anything. Might, yeah, I mean, you could just Google. Like, there's this thing. It's called Google. <laughs> I've used Google. Google. Like, tell me that. I've got eggshells out in the garden. I crunched up eggshells. I've got eggshells all around the stuff. I've got grapefruits. You're looking in the wrong places then, brother. They, I read that I read that they said that snails didn't like the feeling of going over the eggshells. So if you put eggshells around, <laughs> did you get that off Reddit? I set up a fort around my tomatoes. I was like, "Don't you dare go near them!" You know, you're an idiot. I'm an idiot, but yeah, <laughs> snail seven, <laughs> Rob zero. <laughs> Oi, 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 oi. Hey, well, I want to talk about your experience. Obviously, we, we've had a chat beforehand about um, Graham Hancock. Uh, I, know, I know you love him. We're, we're big fans of him as well. Actually, uh, after our chat, I, I flicked uh, Rob the YouTube link to his band TED Talk, which blew his mind as well. And I watched it at a good time too. You did watch it at a good time. And yeah, I just wanted to get your take on your experience with him and, and how, you know, that's all unfolded for you. Yeah, Graham, Graham is a really interesting guy. Uh, he, <laughs> he um, for people who, who don't know who Graham is, he is, I like to call him an ancient civilization historian. Some people might not describe him as that. Uh, some people know him as being a, someone who is an ayahuasca enthusiast. Others know him as being someone that the, um, I guess the, the um, archaeology, uh, 
the archaeology establishment don't really like um, because he tends to um, he tends to sort of go up against that establishment with some unusual ideas about um, the history of the world, I guess. Um, uh, in particular, the age of some of the world's most famous um, archaeological sites, in particular, um, some of the ancient sites in Egypt um, and the age of those sites. Um, uh, in particular, the, um, the uh, pyramids at Giza, and I was lucky enough to get to go to um, to Egypt with Graham um, on their tour. That would have been unreal. Oh. Yeah, um, it was a really it was really awesome tour. Um, we we went for three weeks, um, and it was it was really special because we didn't just have Graham. Um, because when you go to Egypt, you can't actually go on a tour, um, an archaeological tour, without. Um, Egyptologists and Egyptologists have to be Egyptian. Um, you can't have an Egyptologist who isn't Egyptian. So we had quite a few, and they were amazing. They were so knowledgeable, um, you know. So I I wouldn't like to disrespect um, uh, um, them at all. They were fantastic. They really knew so much, and and um, you know um, uh, uh, we went to so many amazing sites. Um, uh, in in Egypt, um, there was some really weird ones that we went to that maybe most people um, wouldn't have heard of uh, as well. Um, uh, I'm trying to. There's one. You'll um, have to excuse my memory as well because sometimes, like 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 I said, my cognitive function is a bit meh. meh. Um, uh, there's one in particular that is um, really amazing. That is this underground tomb that's. Um, uh, it, it's on the tip of my tongue, so I might think of it in a, in a minute. Um, it's this underground tomb uh, that has um, 13 tombs that are filled with um, these giant tombs that are sarcophaguses that have um, uh, bullocks in them. It's a really weird tomb. Um, it's oh, I, I, I kind of just want to Google it and tell you the name of it. Anyway, just Google it. Um, yeah, Google it. <laughs> um, it's um starts with an S. Um, oh, I, I've got the He's got the Google. Got he doesn't. The, yeah, Google. This is how you use it properly. This is how you use um, it. Uh, now there's silence. That's not good. Egypt. Oh like, what? Yeah, thank you, music. What? What? Give <laughs> us. What? What do I Google? Egypt. What? Thirteen. Uh, Thirteen coffins. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> 13 completely sealed coffins, unopened coffins, 13. Oh, gosh. Sakara. It's Sakara. I knew it sounded with an S. Sakara. Yeah. Yeah. It's really unusual one. Oh, really? It's, it's, def it's definitely the weirdest one that we went to. Um, Why was it so but yeah, weird? So we, well, because it's like, it's like, why would you bury, like, all these big cows? And nothing else, <laughs> like underground, and they're huge in these huge, big, like big sarcophaguses that were made out of this stone that came from miles and miles away. Like it's just, it's just so strange. Like 
doesn't it make any sense at all? Um, anyway, so yeah, so we were with this group and, and the, the, the Egyptologists were so amazing and they, we went into a bunch of different um, uh, uh, pyramids at different sites. And I mean, me, me personally, like I was being all designy, like I said, putting the design lens on everything. Like, oh, why were they, why, you know, why were they really making pyramids? Were they really tombs? What were they there for? Um, you know, trying to figure out the answers to all the world's problems. Um, most people would just say going, wow, they're pyramids. Um, How'd they build them? Wow. What are your thoughts? How'd they build them? That, I can't really, that, that's a really hard question to answer. I don't really know. That, that I wasn't like really that interested in. What I can tell you is that I, the only thing I can, I can say for sure is that the, the, the pyramids at Giza, so the, the three big pyramids, the ones you see in the, all the pictures, those are different to all the others. Those three are like, it's like they, those three are the ones that they copied everything else from and they are older. Like there's not many that are older than those. They came first or like almost first. And um, inside those, because I went inside the Great Pyramid and I was in the, um, the king's chamber and everything, um, they, they're not tombs. They're definitely not tombs. They're, they're like industrial inside them. I can send you a picture if you like. I love that. Um, my, my old man's in Egypt. He loves the like ancient aliens and Egypt and he, he reckons that they're all just like, he's off his head. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know where he gets it from. I don't want to throw it Yeah, I don't want to throw him under the bus. But he reckons he, he thinks it's aliens and it's some like some energy source or some location pin or something that they're that, that's attracted to it. Like it's just he thinks there's plenty going on. I'll tell you right now, A Hicks, if you're listening, <laughs> there's something going on out there. I know. I don't know about. I don't know about like. I definitely think it could be, it definitely has an industrial, there's something industrial about it. Like it, it reminds me of the inside of like, a. I want to say like a grain silo or something of that nature. Like it's the, 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 um, the great hall, when you go through that, it's definitely not ever meant for anybody to climb through it. It's not like stairs. It's more like a pipe or something. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not really, it's, it's almost like water would go through it or something like that. Oh, and, and the, the could maybe more, yeah, I don't know. It's like, like water would run through it is what I think. Um, uh, and the, 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 the King's chamber, the walls are all completely smooth and there's no, there's no, um, like there's nothing on the walls. Like it's completely smooth. So it's I don't like know. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Just nothing on the walls and just an industrial bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> but what was it like? Like so you're going there, you're going through Egypt and you got Graham there. Who's just got all these whacked out theories because the people don't really agree with, but you have to do, he's got such a big body of work. Like, what was it like being there with him? Um, it was really, it was, well, it was, it was really good. Uh, it was really great because, you know, we could ask him questions and, you know, get feedback and stuff. Um, and 
then we could we we had the the egyptologists there and they would tell us all about the you know the history according to egyptology and then graham would give um his views on that and um and then we had um the, we also had the chance to meet um dr hawass who's like the world's most famous um uh archaeologist he's this really famous egyptologist and archaeologist um and probably if you've ever seen a, a a documentary about egyptology you will have seen dr hawass anyway they were meant to have a debate and um at this like really famous hotel and um uh dr hawass had a hissy fit and like cracked the shits at graham and like basically said no i'm not doing this and like it was like full on and like we were all just like whoa and they kind of and it did and didn't and it was really controversial and then we were just like whoa and both very angry and it was all a bit crazy you've done the homer simpson <laughs> in the garden thing you know that man just, <laughs> yeah. oh, i'm not here <laughs> it was very 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 awkward and um yeah and uh it yeah it was it was very awkward and um I don't know. I don't think they've talked to each other since. I think that was the shit hit the fan. And uh, yeah. And yeah. yeah, but and Graham gets like he gets pretty hot headed when he when when they like when the establishment kind of cracks it at him. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. What are your thoughts on like the in terms of the the consciousness and that like the talk that he the band TED talk that he had was about you know, the controlled and what's allowed and what's sort of not in your, and now we're seeing like with the, well, the legalization of marijuana and cannabis and, you know, things are starting to sort of open up now. People are starting to say, well, why? And you know what I mean? It was why an was that talk banned? Well, I don't really know. Do you know why it was banned? Um, I think just... probably, I, I mean, I think probably, I, I have a feeling if I remember correctly, I think it's because it wasn't quite the approved content. Now, I don't know if you know too much about how TED Talks work, but oh, there's a whole kind of. process that you have to go through to get to the point where you do the TED Talk yeah. and you have to rehearse it over like a bunch of months and da da da, da and it's all very pre-prepared. Yeah. I've got a feeling that it, when he did it, if if memory serves me correctly, I think maybe he did a naughty and he didn't quite stick to what he was supposed to say. I think that's the story. <laughs> I like. It. I can't quite remember. I can't quite remember what this. If that was what I think that's what he said the story was. I think he went off. I think he went off script, and they went, no, no, no. Yeah. That we're gonna we're gonna ban this. It was like it was something along those lines. Anyway, um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I, I think punk that's rock. what happened. It's very controversial. Yeah, There's only been a few people who've had TED Talk banned, and that and was that was like uh, this was my you know this this was my goal. This was my goal was to have a to have a TED Talk ban. <laughs> Someone banned me. Yeah. Yeah. We noticed so though the censorship. The censorship. When we had the censorship episode, we had um, something come up with the recording where you know we had to release an episode and then take it down or whatever. But it was due to like corporate censorship a little bit, and 
we found it was like he was like stressing out. Obviously, it's a hard time for the guests and stuff. But we we're like, it's interesting because people were starting to message going, "Is this a publicity stunt? Is this because it's working?" Everyone's like, "Tell me more about this. Tell me more about that." And we're going, "I was like a home and away like writer, you know, and like censored, yeah, oh, censored, censor me, thank you, yeah, yeah like it's gonna work, you know, what I mean? people are interested." And it was a really weird way to see like how things operate and how what what actually works and why people do publicity stunts and why things like that actually it wasn't a publicity stuff it wasn't but it like you can tell why people would do that you know what i mean like it does work but his talk was just it was off its head yeah it's off its head i don't think it was a publicity it wasn't a publicity stunt he did it because he that's what he wanted to say oh 100 like it you know i think he did it i mean he did it on purpose but that's because he wanted to say what he wanted to say um like that's what he wanted to say um, yeah, what you see is what you get with Graham. Like, there's mm. no two ways about it. I mean, I, I, I did, I ran his uh, social media campaign when he toured Australia. And that, I mean, oh my days. If you ever get to, see, if you ever get the chance to see him talk um, in person on stage, I highly recommend it. The man can talk. Um, he is one of the best speakers you will ever see live. Um, when I saw when I was doing that, he could, uh, he spoke for eight hours straight in Melbourne. It was just sensational. Um, he just can he just his storytelling is mastery, um, and he and and the the best moment was actually before it where I had a little moment with him where we just had a little chat, and he told me how nervous he was, and I was just like, oh my god. I'm having a fan door, Mark. He told me he was nervous. You're real. Um yeah. So he like yeah, he's he's just um he's just when yeah, I don't know, it's like they say never meet your heroes, but um, you know, getting to meet him and getting to know him a little bit, um, you know, it just it's it yeah, he's just he's like he's he's like the real Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, that's a cool title. Yeah. That he'd, be, he'd be pretty happy with that if he heard that, I reckon. Yeah. He's like the yeah. real Indiana Jones. But, yeah. but kind of cooler because he's like, he, he takes Ayahuasca and I <laughs> know Joe Rogan. And <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a tripper. I like it. Well, you yeah. see like a, even Phil Jackson in, um, what was it? The Last Dance. And, you, and you're here and he's taking acid and He's such a just a different dude, and I don't know, I'm I'm typically drawn to people who just are a bit different and do things their own way. And one of them is that sort of experimentation. And most of the time, it is with drugs like rock and roll superstars, you know, like some form of creativity. And that's yeah. what I, it was really interesting watching that talk and talking about like how different generations of people and different eras of of humans have used different substances to alter their state of consciousness, but now we're almost in like a controlled state of consciousness and it comes back to the whole watching the news and feeling like you're overwhelmed with all sorts of stuff. But if you start thinking too big, you start seeing to the big picture and you go, fuck, it's, it's plenty going on. It's not great. It's, it's, not, great. it's no. not great. I wish I just wasn't thinking. I think it, it's, it's a, a super critical time in, in, in the world for people to, to think bigger. There's so many big problems that are there to be solved and it must be a, such a challenging time for yourself, obviously being sick and going, if you do feel these things all the time and you see a problem and you want to go down the rabbit hole and say, how can I fix it? I could do this. I could do that. 
it's it must be it's super challenging. How how do you think you're going to approach the next tackle for you? Like what's what? How do you focus on your health and get back to doing what you love? Well, I mean, um, I think that it's cyclical in a way. Um, you know, uh, I've had to, I've had to really get back to basics and try to. I mean, initially, initially the first thing I had to do was just really, um, really just get back to basics. So a lot of rest. Um, like I, I mean, funnily enough, I, I don't take any caffeine. Um, I and haven't done for quite some time. Um, I, um, am basically vegetarian now. So I do eat fish. Um, but I've, I've basically am vegetarian. Um, and, uh, so I look for lots of ways to, to eat if I guess, you know, find things that are interesting to eat. I eat a lot of vegan food, like vegan products um, and look for, for interesting vegan things to eat um, and, and non, um, non-meat alternatives, I suppose now, um, uh, which is, you know, is I think these are things that we're going to have to do um, um, as a matter of necessity um, to live a more sustainable life. Um, so um, looking for alternatives um, uh, uh, for the long term. Um, so, um, so looking after my, I guess, like, so going back to what I was saying, um, looking for alternatives to, to just general better basic living. So drinking lots of water, um, no caffeine, um, eating lots of greens, eating lots of um, uh, fruit and, and vegetables um, and no meat products, um, not eating processed foods. So that was kind of the first part, getting lots of rest, um, sleeping a lot more than normal. I mean, at, at First, I was probably sleeping like 15 hours a day, 16 hours a day, maybe more at times. Um, um, then slowly starting to, to, to do things like, and, and I guess I started off with, with meditation um, as a major way to, to um, sort of help me to, to um, relax and normalise. Um, and then slowly moving towards things like yoga um, to help me to to move more, um, and um, pets is is something that I think is really really important. Um, Socialising with animals, I think, is is something that is really helpful um, because they really, you know, pets don't don't um, they don't judge you. They don't they don't they don't uh, they don't they don't talk back. Oh <laughs> they love you. My one does. He sits there, judges me, talks back, barks, everything. He lets me know. <laughs> I do a little bit. I, I have to. Accept. One of mine at the moment, I can hear her like, yeah, yeah, right now. She's like, she's, uh, she, she wants to be downstairs. Um, uh, but I think pets are really therapeutic and probably, probably need, more people need to have pets. Um, uh, so having having pets and gardening and and, and spending more time with nature 
is is really really important because I think people are just spending less and less time. And it's funny because I think I think um, you know it's it's actually one of the solutions to things like climate change. Um, you know, um, uh, putting um, putting the carbon back into the soil is going to be one of the things that can really help us to change um, the direction of climate change. Um, so, you know, the more that people garden and the more that people have gardens and participate in um, in those types of activities is um, a way for us to actually um, change what's going to happen to the planet. Um, so these are some things that we can actually do um, to start to reverse some of the damage that's been done. Um, these, are, these are simple things that we as individuals can do, um, you know, on like, like on mass, but also just as individuals, um, these are things that we can we can start to do. These are like these are just basics of like when I think about you know when I think about design, um, and when I when I use that term putting a design lens over things, these are just really like basic things that we can all do um, to live. Um, and I'm gonna and I'm, I'm gonna throw a term out there. It's what's called slow design, right? Um, you know, um, slow slow design is is a is it, you know I'm sure you've heard the term move fast and break things. Well, I, I think the other direction. Um, my future of design is the opposite. Um, it's actually thinking about design for so long that you decide that you're not going to do anything at all. In fact, today my friend um, he actually sent me uh, a link about um, my favourite architect, uh, which I was I was thrilled about. Um, so. Uh, my favourite architect is Peter Zumthor, um, and he's he's uh, I think he's he's seventy seven now. Um, he hasn't made many buildings, but um, he's he they've just announced that um, he's about to um, they're about to start making the um, they about they're about to start building the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, which he was hired to design in 2006. So 14 years ago, they, they hired him to design that. And so 14 years later, they're finally going ahead to build it. And I was like, yes, it took 14 years for them to finally to go ahead with that design. And he, it, I would highly recommend that you, that you look up Peter Zumthor because he's an amazing Pritzker Prize winner unbelievable designer. Um, the reason that I think it's so amazing that it took that long is because if you're going to take 14 years to decide that you really want to go ahead with something, you better believe that you love that thing and that it's the right thing to go ahead with making. Um, and slow design is kind of like that. It kind of comes in the, the realm of, of um, you know, slow food and slow cooking and all, like all those types of things. Slow design is a bit like that. You know, it's, it's, it's well thought out, well, um, well, well, um, well designed, well, well, um, well crafted. Um, it goes, it's a throwback to, to old crafts. Um, and, and I think that that's something that we really need to, to, to bring to the fore. Um, you know, uh, uh, this is, I think this is really, um, really, really important um, for, for the future uh, that, that we take more time 
to think about the things that we make instead of um, trying to just pump more shit out um, and and know that we can move fast and break things and just keep making more shit and pumping it out there. We can um, we can actually move slowly and and make things that last um, uh, instead of um, just continuing to make stuff that is rubbish because uh, that's what we do right now. We just churn and burn all the time. Um, we need to to be more considered in in the things that we that we we put out into into this world if we want it to last. I agree. And I think sometimes it's hard though when you like say if you don't have that if you want to make it now like you you're hustling to get out or you're hustling to do something to 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 take the slow option it's like, "Well, do I really want to do that?" But you know, that's why probably you get to a point and you go, "Well, I should have done it that way. It is a better way." But you feel like you got that chip on your shoulder where you have to smash and break things and then you realize you start off with the best intentions and then you realize you're not doing things in an ethical way. You're not doing things the way you, you should be doing it. And you're like, Oh shit, maybe I need to, need it to think more. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Think more before you start. I think it's like, I know there's a lot of people that would be listening to be like, all right, cool. We've got people from a lot of designers who do listen to a lot of people who wouldn't have a fucking clue about design. So as a quick, like a quick little spiel of like, what does design mean to you? <sighs> That's really, that's, that's really difficult. What does design mean to me? You said everything I, before. Yeah. Design is everything. Design is everything. It's everything. Everything that you see. This is design, you know? Design, post it. Yeah, but, but it's really, uh, ooh, that's, that's, that's not a good, that's not a good. <laughs> that's a bad example. I'm just working with what I've got in front of me, you know? It's just wrong prop. <laughs> um. Um, it's funny. I, I had a, I had a quote, I had a quote about this the other day. Um, it's like, uh, let me see if I've still got it in front of me. It's, um, I don't know if I, I might have it close at hand. Hang on. Uh, it's a funny one. Um, I do have it. Let's see. Here we go. It's a funny quote. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> uh, I like uh, Ace Freely in the back. Yes, it is. My husband's a guitarist. This design, this designer, John Heskett, he, he said, design is to design a design to produce a design. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, you know, like, like, what is design? Like, what is design to me? I mean, to, design to me, um, it it really is everything. Like, it really, it on a on a like a a personal level and on a metaphorical level. Like, you know, um, like, you know, personally, you know, I, like, to me, it's like air. Like, I can't imagine living without design. Um, I, I've never done anything else but design. Um, I can't, I, I can't imagine what I would do without design. I don't know what I would, I, I can't imagine doing another job. Um, but I also, I also think it, 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 it's, it's, it's my greatest love, but at the same time, it just about damn near kills me. And it just about has like, it, you know, it, 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 
it it's it's such a it's it it it's so painful sometimes um you know because i see how badly it's done um but at the same time i know how much um joy it can bring and i know how much it can help people um when when done well um but i guess if i had to say if i had to say what what it, it is or what it, design can be better um ultimately um you know because I don't think that design is ever done. Um, I think that it's something that is always improving, and um, you're always you're always trying to um, you're always trying to improve on what has been done before. And sometimes that means taking things away that were was was done. And sometimes that might mean you're not changing something much at all um but ultimately you know you're always looking to to improve on on ways to improve even if it's just incrementally um that's really what design is about and and um yeah i you know i think that that that's that's the most important thing about about design and uh uh you know i i can't I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine my my life without it. But um, but I just I know how I you know it's it I know how dangerous can it can be. You know um, um, you know there's there's even um, there's even something called hostile design. I don't know if you ever ever heard of that. Um, yeah. uh, hostile design is. Um, uh, whole a whole um genre of design um that um is uh how do i how do i even explain hostile design is a, a sort of a sub a subcategory of design um that um, um that purpose purposely restricts behavior it's it's designed to to restrict behavior um a really famous example of hostile design is this bench called the camden bench um it was designed by um camden council in the uk um it was a, it's a concrete street bench um and it was designed purposely um to stop um uh, homeless people from sleeping on it, so it sort of has a, a pitched um, seat on it, so that homeless people can't sleep on top of it. And it, it's um, completely solid concrete, so you can't sleep under it. Um, but um, it also stops people from skating on it, so you can't you can't really skate on it. Although some people say that you can, but you can't really. Um, the really interesting thing about the Camden bench is that. Um, uh, when I was living in London, um, uh, I would come across, uh, there was this place um, that I would walk past quite frequently and um, I'd walk past it so frequently that I started to notice that nobody was sitting on these benches. So not only was it stopping people, like homeless people from sleeping on these benches and skaters from 
skating on these benches, but nobody was sitting on these benches. So it just made this environment completely hostile. Nobody was doing anything there. So it was completely stopping people from using the, these seats for anything that they were meant to be used for at all. Um, so, you know, um, hostile design really, um, and, it, you know, it, it, those benches have actually won awards, which is so sad. Um, you know, so hostile design is a whole genre of, of design that, that um, is out there where people make stuff to intentionally stop people from behaving in certain ways. Um, and it doesn't just, it doesn't just apply to benches. Obviously it's all kinds of stuff that, that, you know, so like, you know, it, you'd be surprised. I mean, God, don't get me started on poker machines. Um, you know, you would, you just wouldn't believe the way that the, the lengths that designers go to, to manipulate people into to doing things on poker machines. There's a fantastic documentary called Kaching that's all about the way that poker machines are designed. It's an Australian documentary. I would highly recommend that you watch Kaching. Um, like design is is more manipulative than you you can possibly imagine. Um, and and it like you know like most designers aren't aren't manipulative at all. Um, most designers are really wonderful, nice people. But in the wrong hands, you know, in the hands of an evil genius, ha ha ha, like 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 Jeff Bezos or, or you know, um, or whoever, some, some rich evil genius in their mountain lair, um, you know, nice people can be um, instruments of, of terror, um, you know. And if you, haven't, if you haven't watched what that can look like, um, a fantastic film um, by Studio... Ghibli is um, um, a wind rises. Um, so there's a, a animated feature film called um, A Wind Rises, which is about um, the main character is named Jiro. He was a, um, a plane designer, a real plane designer in World War II from Japan, who designed wanted to design a beautiful plane, and ended up being. Um, recruited by Mitsubishi to design planes for the Japanese, for the Japanese in the war. And so he wanted to design beautiful planes, but ended up designing fighter, fighter planes for Japan for the war. Now, I mean, imagine that, like, this, this is the, this is the outcome of design. Like, you know, you, you, you don't really, you don't really sort of, fully understand the, the, the consequences of what you might be designing today until much later, you know? Um, so you really, as a designer, have to be very aware of, of what you're making. And, and it's, it's an interesting conundrum that now with so many tools that everybody can use, like whether it be Photoshop or something on your phone, you know, you can just make whatever you want yourself. If you're making stuff yourself and you're not a designer and you're just out there making whatever, you know, I mean, who knows what, who's going to make the next thing that's going to, you know, become a, you Nuclear know, weapon. something. That, uh, yeah, a weapon. Like well, what? Spider-Man Spider theory. Great response. Well, it's always yeah, straight. but it's always in the movies. You see the the bombers just like oh, I'm just a I'm just a bomb maker. You know what I mean? Like I'm just the person who's who's put it together. I don't really know the impacts and. Like, yeah, there are a few movies and scenes that you do see like that and they don't really know what they're, 
they're contributing to, you know, and they're not probably in the next room where all the decisions are being made and they're just, here you go, do this, do that, here's your paycheck. It's freebie. It is fucked, isn't it? It is fucked. And so, and so that's like, so, so that's, I guess that's why, you know, like when I, when I say that, you know, like I get into a spiral about when I watch the news and I think about the responsibility that comes with design, like, and I, just get into spirals over it and you know it's no wonder I end up with you know with a headache for 34 days because I just think about like how much responsibility comes with you know and you know and some of the some of the things that I have designed have been humongous projects you know that impact millions and millions of people so when you do design at that kind of scale like it is a huge responsibility so um you know, when I when I think about that kind of scale, I, it 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 does weigh very heavily on me. Um, so you know, um, that's why I I have to I've had to sort of take a step back. So um, you know, so I guess for me, you know, um, I'm I I when it, so I guess to come full circle, um, you know, for me at the moment, I'm I'm kind of going getting back to basics and thinking about. Um, you know, the the basics of design, like what, you know, again, like, you know, I said, I sort of mentioned slow design, but I'm coming back to, to you know, what are the base, you know, what is the basic, um, I guess, the core, the core fundamentals of my design practice? What does it mean? Um, and, and this is something that I kind of have done throughout my, because I've been a designer for 25 years now. Um, you know, what are the fundamentals of my practice um, and really revisiting the craft, like trying to, like I made a cardboard backpack the other day, which was really embarrassing and bad. Um, I'm about to do a, a little like miniature project that is like a black and white Polaroid photo project that's based on or based around Diane Arbus's work. Um, just like kind of looking at different mediums and things, just trying to kind of do some do some things to to re re reinvigorate my practice, um, you know, and just just trying to um, just trying just trying to think about you know um, where to you know where to go from here. Hundred percent. It's um, yeah. It is. It's an interesting time that we're living in at the moment, and um, it's been really good to to hear your story and and pick your brain about you know your new reality. I mean, it's something that you can't really plan for, and you know, for you to open up and share your story, and um, you know, hopefully the people listening to this podcast can take something away because I know I definitely have. I feel like I'm sort of living in it at the moment, so it's been a bit of a reality check for me and, and I really appreciate that because, you know, no doubt there's a lot of people who probably feel in the same way. Um, maybe not to the extent that it got to for you, but um, I definitely know there's a lot of people out there who feel the same way. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people are going to resonate pretty, pretty hard with this. And yeah, it's been really awesome to, to listen to your story and, and hear what you're all about and what's next for you and the importance of good design and, there's a lot of designers who do follow the podcast who uh, are keen to get more design people on. So um, the fact that we got to chat with you, it's a, it's an honor and a privilege. And 
yeah, it's been an insane last hour and a half, I suppose. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Just make sure that you keep your work and life separate. Words to live <laughs> by. Done. It, yeah, it's true. It is. It's, it's, it's the imbalances, managing the imbalances and, um, you know, oh, I've never really experienced it before until like the last month or two, you know, so it's like, it's pretty new for me, but I feel like if I'm already aware of it and, and that I'm sort of on top of it, but um, yeah, no, it is, it is something that we suppose all go through at a certain point and learning not to get too far down the rabbit hole and you don't have to, you know, it's just, I think it's a, more of a feeling of like things are going to go away, you know, if I don't keep doing this and do this and smashing myself and, I was just telling Rob this morning, like we just like life is about like us, like I think about as kids as childhood memories, hanging with your cousins or your your family, and you just that's your life, you know. And it's like you get wrapped up in what you do, and really at the end of the day, it does it. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter. Your life is, you know, your life, and I don't know. It's about finding out, yeah, obviously, the imbalances and managing all that sort of aspect of your life, and it's hard. It's not easy. Hundred percent. So yeah, I just wish you nothing but ha happiness and health in the future to come. I, I'm so sorry to hear everything that's been going on, but we just wish you nothing but the best. Bing bang boom! Take the red pill or the blue pill or the what pill? I took. We took it. We took both pills today. We took the wrong pill, I think. <laughs> I'm feeling good, but jaded, but wired, but weird, but happy. I don't know. How are you feeling? I thought it was a good chat. It was nice to hear someone's perspective and just to hear, I guess, how she's overcoming some different things and the fact that she had, what, what was the number? 30, 34 days or 32 days of migraines or... Yeah, chronic, lot, chronic migraines. Lot, lots of days. So dealing with that sort of stuff and realizing that your profession's around design and having to, I guess, deal with the con being confronted with the fact that that's uh, right up in your face and not being able to do what you do. And it's been hard So to her to come and open up and share with a couple of knuckleheads like us. I feel lucky that she, she felt, uh, I don't know, felt enough that she would come and talk to us. I liked it. I like it. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was an honor and a privilege. Another great chat in the bank, Rob. Um, what you can do at home, if you've been listening to the podcast and you like it, tell your friend. So they tell their friends, so they tell their friends. So we just sort of want you to just spread the word, subscribe to our stuff, like our stuff, Show us some love. Send us some messages. We love compliments, don't we, Rob? We love them. We love them. Sick. They're almost our favourite things. Yeah, 100%. So hit us up. Tell us why we're, we're good. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Just tell us what you're learning. See you next episode. <laughs>